Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Mara, I don't know about you, but I have been riveted by Bold and Beautiful in the past couple of weeks. I think the show has done such a good job with Steffi's addiction story, and Jacqueline McInnes-Wood, who plays her, has been downright amazing. You know, like when I first read how fast it was all unfolding, I did wonder if it was an accurate depiction of how things go in that area, but we actually have an interview with Jackie in the new issue where she admits that she had the same concerns, but did her research and discovered that yes, you can develop a dependence on pills quite quickly. So generally with the exception of the baby Beth story, which went on for like eight months, B&B doesn't do super long tales anyway, but this one really packed a punch in a short amount of time, and I think all the actors have been terrific. Oh, for sure. And Jackie has really been killing it. You know, I think the performance is all the more impressive when you consider that because of the measures B&B has taken to ensure social distancing, even on set during taping, she's frequently working with like a mannequin and still managing to get to that level of emotion and vulnerability and anguish that we're seeing on screen. You know, she's already an Emmy winner, but I think this will be a career-defining storyline for her. Uh, the players around her have been delivering as well, and it's such a relatable issue, sad to say, as so many people and families have been touched by the opioid epidemic. Uh, we don't normally think of B&B when we think of social issue storytelling in soaps, but I think this one is going to be remembered for a long time. GH is doing a new social issue health-related storyline, albeit on a smaller scale, which is Alexis's osteoporosis diagnosis. And so far, I really like how that is playing out um, as one more thing sort of piling on Alexis and bringing her to the emotional brink, where, as we saw this week, she fell off the wagon for the second time this year. You know, I always feel like these are the kinds of stories that resonate with viewers where you're taking beloved characters and putting them through relatable crises. You know, those are the stories that I want to watch at least. You know, that's what sucked me into soaps in the first place. And I always beat the drum that it's the reason soaps are still on the air today because you connect with these stories and characters and families and you go on the journey with them that, you know, can mirror something that happened in your own life or to someone you know. And it really enriches the viewing experience. You know, what I like about the Steffi story is that we saw her being born on screen. We've seen her go through, you know, myriad trials and tribulations before now. So we have that past with her to inform her present. And I think all of the shows are doing a bang up job using their generations next to tell new stories, you know, like CY in our summer, Days is Alley, and many other current examples. Yeah, I love the, uh, the decision that Days made to age Alley because this is something that really only happens in soaps. 
where we were invested in Roman and Marlena's love story in the early 1980s and saw their daughter Sammy being born on screen along with her twin Eric. And then we were invested in Sammy's story and in the 1990s, you know, her giving birth to Will was such a big lightning rod of drama, uh, as was her later having her twins, Allie and Johnny. And now in the year 2020, Allie has her own newborn son. It's just so rewarding for long-term fans to have watched literal generations of characters grow up before our eyes. Uh, yes, sometimes in, in shockingly accelerated ways. <laughs> um, I always think when a couple on a show has a baby, like how many years before they are in a front-burning storyline? Who are they going to be paired with? Like on GH, who is Wiley's love interest going to be years from now? Who is Ariana going to fall in love with on days? Uh, we were actually discussing recently with our YNR editor how light on teens Genoa City is right now, which is a shame. Uh, and I have to say, I'm kind of surprised that like Billy and Victoria's kids have remained so young. But I do think it is just fun as a viewer to remember when Kyle was born in 2001 and remember when Summer was born in 2006 and to now watch them become such a successful pairing on that show. It's just part of the cycle of life that soap fans get to experience in how the shows tell story. Which to your point is really a payoff for longtime viewers. You know, it's all about the family connections. You know, you talk to fans and they likely began watching because they had a mother or a grandmother who watched and it became a tradition. So you're almost seeing a similar dynamic play out on camera with so many generational stories being told. You know, last week we talked about how Mike's death was so emotional on GH, but having Michael and Jocelyn play key roles in his goodbye really made those scenes so much more touching. Absolutely. Uh, and I have to say that I don't think casting gets any more perfect than tapping our guest today, Eden McCoy, to play the daughter of Carly and Jax. I would buy in a heartbeat that she is the biological daughter of Laura Wright and Inga Rademacher. And <laughs> it, it has really been a joy uh, to watch her blossom from the 12-year-old who joined the cast in 2015 to the poised young woman she is today, one who has carried major storyline and really anchored uh, the teenage space in Port Charles. And I am so excited to get to chat with her about life as Jocelyn Jacks. Well, me too. So let's get her on the line and hear all about her GH experience. Hi, Eden. Hi, you guys. How are you? I'm doing good. Been Zooming all day long, as probably most of us have, but... <laughs> I am more excited about this one than my calc zoom prior to <laughs> Yay, so are we. <laughs> well, we are going to take it back to your early childhood and okay. just get your whole story about how this all came to be for you. So it was actually your parents who inadvertently sparked your interest in acting when they put you in theater camp to try to combat your shyness. So tell us that story. So, I mean, personally, I don't remember a ton of the story. This has been kind of given to me from mom and dad, but pretty much I was a really shy kid, apparently, which I don't remember, but apparently I was. And uh, they were like, wow, like she needs to like socially interact with like other kids more, like blah, 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 blah. And theater obviously is a great way to do that. You know, public speaking, all of, all of it. So they enrolled me in this summer camp and then I kind of just fell in love with performance I think there and then at the end of the summer camp uh they had like agents come and scout kids 
and then I got approached by this agent um and then like my parents were like oh no like it's totally fine like we're not like here for this like she's not interested and I was like no I'm interested and then, <laughs> and then they were like well if you continue to like get good grades like we'll drive you to auditions whatever so that was kind of the bargain and that's pretty much how it started and then I signed with that agency I'm not with them anymore obviously but um I thank them very much for, for their work. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much how it all began. What are your like earliest memories of the kinds of auditions you went out on and the kinds of sets that you were on? <laughs> I pretty much remember them all. Um, I just remember it was always a really long drive. I used to get picked up from school. I used to go to school at this prep school in um, Palace Verdes, um, which was just so extremely out of the way from any of my auditions that were in like Hollywood, West Hollywood, Studio City, the Valley, like all there. So it would take us like hours of driving, like back and forth. Um, so I just remember like sitting in the car and just like being so extremely nervous and uh, just waiting in those waiting rooms with like 20 other kids running around. It was so chaotic all the time. <laughs> I remember like when I first started, it was mostly commercial work and just like little stuff like that. I booked quite a few commercials though. I must say I'm very proud. I wish I could book another one because you make some serious money doing that. Um, but they, they were all fun. It was, it was overall a good experience. I thank my mother for the, I mean, there's probably, you could add up all those hours. It's at least like two years of her life in the car. So um, <laughs> I thank her very much for that. <laughs> that must have given you a lot of time to like think about the audition you were going on. Yeah, probably too much time. I probably ended up just psyching myself out half the time, but. <laughs> well, let's go back five whole years to when you were 12 and GH entered your world. So tell us your General Hospital casting story. Okay, well, I remember my original audition was, it was under some name other than Jocelyn, obviously, as I'm sure you've heard, like it's never, it's always an old script from an old storyline, like a random storyline that might end up being similar to yours. They just want to see your emotion and your drama and your soap face and whatever they are auditioning you for. Um, so I forget my character's name. Um, but she was fighting with her dad. That was like the original, her stepdad. She, she hated her stepdad or something like that. That was the original script. And then I read with Mark, Mark Teschner. And then I got a call back probably, I don't know, like a week or two after, and then did the call back. And then immediately after the call back, like within days, I went to read for all the producers, um, in the big exec office. And I just remember like walking in and it was like a giant long table. It was like out of Star Wars or something. It was so <laughs> intimidating. There was a giant long table and there were like six on each side and then Frank at the very end. Um, Not and, intimidating at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like terrified. Um, and I think I just started like it was really like abrupt. Like there wasn't a lot of conversation like to happen before I started. And then I just did it. And then I remember we talked for a while after, like he asked me a bunch of questions. He asked me, he asked me what my favorite TV show was. And I said 30 Rock um, because it was at the time. And it is one of my favorite TV shows, obviously Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin. And I grew up on SNL. So like Lauren Michaels and all of them, I'm obsessed with them. And I said 30 Rock and I'm like 12. And he's probably thinking like, what the hell is this person doing? <laughs> like, who is this? 
And then, but he loved my answer and whatever. And I still believe that's why I got it. I think it just made me stand out from everybody else. Cause I was just such a weird kid growing up, but um, yeah, that was it. And then I, and then I left and I think I booked it like the next day or the day after it was so incredibly fast. Um, and, and then I like, I think like a, a week after that was like my first episode. It was crazy. So your first day on set was the Sunny Carly wedding from 2015. Their, their fifth wedding for it though. And trying to acclimate to the set. I don't think you'd even met like any of your co-stars to that point. No, I hadn't met anybody. I think one of the first people I met was Jackie Zeman, like just walking up to set was Jackie Zeman and M. I think those were the first two people I remember like actually having a conversation with or them like acknowledging <laughs> my existence. Cause you know, like weddings are really stressful days on set and everyone has their own stuff going on. So I didn't come on the most cuddly welcoming day. Um, plus we have new characters every episode. So it, I, I, my 12 year old self was probably like, Oh, they're going to all like totally welcome me and like be so like sweet and whatever. And obviously now knowing them, they are the sweetest people, but you know, they, <laughs> they were stressed that day. So <laughs> really intimidating because I was just like, oh my God, I don't know how any of this works. And I felt very thrown into it. Obviously I warmed up throughout the day, but it was, it was a lot because we move at a fast pace. Like you got to get in there and like figure it out for yourself. Um, which I'm now very thankful for. It's great training. And I know that every new person loves that aspect of it, though it can be stressful. And then obviously I got to know everybody else the more I worked, but it took a minute. Like it, it took a minute to get to know everybody and, and like form like real relationships with people because I was working so like so much less then because I was in this really weird age group, like at the time where I didn't really fit in anywhere and uh, no one really cared about me like yet. So I wasn't working too much. So I didn't get to like fully immerse myself in it yet or like fully get to know anyone. So it took a couple years. Now, I imagine your life must have changed a lot when you got the job. Um, you know, so was it a challenge for you to juggle your responsibilities at the show with your schoolwork and a second very demanding extracurricular activity in your life, which is athletics? And if people aren't aware of this, you are a nationally ranked beach volleyball player. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was like jarring at first and then it just became like more and more jarring as I like continued because, you know, the older I got, the more they could write for me and then the more I was working and the more they saw my work and trusted me with bigger story. So it was all a process. And then beach volleyball obviously like picked up the older I got for like college and whatever and like competition, the whole thing kind of skyrocketed. Um, so at first it wasn't too bad to juggle because um, I was working so sporadically. And then I remember it probably really picked up when I was like 13 and a half, like almost 14. And then I started working at least like two times a month. And then it started, I started working at least two times a week and then three times a week. And then now it's pretty much been consistent with that. Um, I mean, it got a lot when during the Oscar storyline, like during like the whole year that happened was really, really hard because I mean, I was pretty much working every day. Um, 
So it was really chaotic to go to school at the same time. And obviously it was school, not online school. So, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty rough for a minute. Um, but beach volleyball is great because all of my competitions are on the weekends. Um, so we don't work on the weekends. So that was one benefit of it, but training, obviously I do train during the week. So I just kind of find pockets of time where I can train where I'm not working days. I'm not working. Hi, Dishing with Digest listeners. We would like to say thanks to our sponsor for this week, Native Deodorant. Native offers a natural, safe, and great smelling way to stay fresh all day. I love their scents and they have more than 10 of them, including their classics, as well as their rotating seasonals, so you will definitely find one you love. My favorite so far is coconut and vanilla, but I'm excited to try cucumber, mint, and lavender and rose next for their rotating seasonal scents as well. There are scents for women, men, and even teenagers, and Native works. I can tell you from my own experience that Native is great, and check out their 14,000 five-star reviews online. So if you're looking for a great natural deodorant, try Native. There's no risk, and there's free shipping on every order, and Native offers 30-day free returns and exchanges in the U.S. Do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedeo.com slash dishing, or use promo code DISHING at checkout and get 20% off your first order. Again, that's nativedeo.com slash DISHING or use promo code DISHING at checkout for 20% off your first order. Now, you do live in Los Angeles, so I mean, the entertainment business is always the backdrop, but what was that like for you to like go to school and be on a television show? Like, did people treat you differently? Were people aware of it? Yeah, everybody became aware of it. Um, I think like the school, everyone at school knew, um, like teachers knew, whatever. You know, nobody else really does that, like at my school. Like there's schools where there's child actors and it's really normal. Um, and like, I have friends that are, and that go to those schools, but I go to a really academic traditional school where it's like, if anything, the parents are actors. Like we have a lot of like famous parents at my school and like kids of them, but no one's really working and like going there. Um, so I think it was a change for the school as much as it was for me, but you know, as academic as it is, they've been, I mean, I can't thank them enough. Like the teachers I have are incredible and they're so supportive. Like I really could not have done it anywhere else. Um, as for the girls, like they're supportive of me. Like if they ever weren't, it was just weird drama, 13 year old, 14 year old behavior. Um, but we're all like seniors and over it. Like we're just (laughs) like, we're, we're over it all. So we're all like a team now and it's like all good. Yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful. My school experiences have been phenomenal. Now, uh, as Jocelyn, you are related to some of the most important players on General Hospital and we want to get your your take on some of them, uh, starting with your on-screen mother, Laura Wright. So tell us, you know, about Laura playing her daughter and the relationship that you have with her off-screen. I sound like such a broken record when it comes to this question, because I always end up saying the same things, but I just can't like not say them. Um, but me and Laura, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's real. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like all of the emotions that you're seeing, like 
like we really have them. Like she's just so good about being present and like really becoming like that character. And like, I've learned from that and I've watched that and been able to integrate like that strategy into my performance. Plus, like, I just think it's so important to build a relationship off screen. Like I, all of my best scene partners where I leave a scene and I'm like, oh, that was really good. Like, I can't wait for people to see that. That's like the people that I'm like closest with, like personally. And Laura is that for me. She's been my mentor for years. She's taught me everything I know about acting because I never got coached like I never went to acting class I never did any of that I hated all of that stuff um but I will listen to her all day long um she taught me everything from acting to like the set to life stuff like I tell her like personal stuff about my real life and you know it's just it's so real and it's such a privilege to act with her um same thing with like same thing with Ingo, same thing with Mo. Like they've just watched me grow up and they've been, Steve has been so amazing. They're just like, these adults have just like watched me like kind of like blossom throughout the years and like take more and more on. And they, they've been so generous with their time. And, you know, I would not be where I was without them, like seriously. And if they're not like directly telling me things, like I just learned by watching them um and just being on set so it's it's just like brain development like it's like a toddler like like learning like English for the first time because everybody's speaking it around them it's the same thing like when you talk about like actually physically growing up so much in a place like it really affects me without knowing it at all like that's why like when people are like oh my god like did you see what Eden just did like Laura does that like, did you mean to do that? Like, did you mean to like do your hair like that or like part it like that or like move it like that when you said that? And it's like, no, <laughs> like, but, but I just like naturally and like took like her mannerisms by like spending so much time with her and, and watching so much of her work and like doing it with her so much that, it, and it's perfect because it works for the character. So, you know, it's just, it's cool to think about because I don't personally like, pickpocket those things but it's awesome that people notice it mm -hmm. um now you mentioned ingo who has two sons in real life so you're really like his only daughter um how would you <laughs> yeah. your connection oh me and ingo me and ingo bond <laughs> we just bonded immediately he, we're just the same kind of pace and he we're both you know we're both like super athletic and like we love outdoors and we love the beach and i feel like we had similar upbringings and he's just such a dad like he's such like a a dad like figure to me and just like he's just like a buddy and like that's exactly and i look up to him so much and i think he's so incredible he brings out the best work in me and i mean i wish we had more together every time we work together um, and it's so real and natural with him and he's so much fun. He makes everything so fun and warm and father-like that it, it's like impossible for it, for it to be bad with him because he just makes it so great. Um, and his sons are adorable. I've met them a bunch. They're like crazy athletes. They're like 12 years old and like ripped. It's like insane. <laughs> That does not surprise me for some reason. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's unfair. <laughs> and what about your stepfather on the show? I believe his name is Maurice Bernard. Yeah, I believe so too. Um, Maurice is, 
<laughs> Maurice, I feel like took a little bit to like <laughs> crack a little bit. Like you, I feel like that's something that people would like assume. Um, but like once you get to know him, he's just a goof. Like he's, he's probably the goofiest one, like out of, other than like maybe Chad out of like everybody, like seriously, like I can't emphasize enough like how much of like a gentle jokester like that guy is like beneath the surface. Like I'm so, I'm so happy that I get to like see that side of him because like people talk about him, you know, and, and his like reputation of being like a badass mobster and he is a badass mobster, but you know, there's so much more to that. Um, so it's always so fun to like be around him and talk to him and perform with him because he'll just be making me laugh like the entire time that you don't see. Um, so it's really special. It's really special that I get to like know him like that. Yeah. Um, what about your on-screen brother, Chad Duell? <laughs> He's so much, there's just so much to unpack with Chad. Um, <laughs> he's, he's so ridiculous. <laughs> he's so ridiculous. Um, we just, again, it's like the same exact dynamic, like grew up with him. He makes me laugh probably more than anybody else. We just have fun with it. Like he's, he's just so, he, we just, we just go off on each other and make fun of each other and laugh with each other. And again, it just makes the scene so much richer. It's funny for me to see him like be serious um, because I'm so proud of him and like all of like his serious scenes and emotional scenes, but it's funny for me because I just think he's so funny. Um, but yeah, he's great. I grew up with him. He's amazing. Now, uh, GH's Twitter account recently released a blooper reel that you were in a really funny moment in, in a scene with M. Rylan, where you yeah. said, rub the house instead of rob the house. Can, can you think of any other blooper reel worthy moments that you've had on set or been witness to from one of your co-stars? I've seen some falls. Like I've seen like people like physically like fall or trip. Like I've seen Laura do it a couple times. Um, that that comes to mind. Um, the other day we were filming something like emotional and it was like quiet for a second and my stomach just <laughs> spoke. Like it, my stomach just spoke. And Vernay was next to me and like Chad was across from me and a bunch of people were in the scene. And like, I remember it happening and I was just looking at Vernay. And she like looked at me like, and like Chad was like trying to make me laugh. And then we had to do it again because everyone started laughing. It was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. Um, so that, that just happened. Everything else like, probably not as entertaining, just me like forgetting my line or coming in at the wrong place or something like that. But I have witnessed some funny things. I'm really glad they put that out though. That was great. I love seeing that. Yeah. Um, now the really, the first really heavy emotional work you had to do was in 2016 when Jocelyn's older brother Morgan died. Um, do you remember feeling a pressure to really deliver on that? Or were you more excited than intimidated to have your first like real dose of drama? I felt really intimidated by that um, because that was kind of just my first stab at anything like heavy like that. Like I had auditioned like from a young age with like dramas and stuff where like, you know, I had to cry and like all of that stuff. So it wasn't like super new to me, 
but still like in a new environment where you're like really trying to like prove yourself and prove what you can do. Um, it is a really big deal. And it was like kind of the first thing they trusted me with. So I remember being so terrified for all of that. Um, I mean, I felt so supported and everybody was fabulous to me, but it was still like very jarring for a minute. But, um, I remember being happy with it. I remember being, it was so long ago. I remember being like proud of my work and, and like, you know, the fans and the audience seemed to enjoy it. And that's really like, that really meant a lot to me back then. It still does, but back then even more because people hated me when I first came on because obviously everybody always hates replacements. <laughs> so, so, you know, I had to, I had to prove myself. And I think that's something really cool and special about our fan base and like that kind of culture. Um, you know, you're not just proving yourself like to your boss, like you're proving yourself to the entire like audience of, and our fan base. Um, and I think that's really special. Um, so then I, you know, was more welcomed once I was able to like get some good stuff in there. They trusted me with more and more and more emotional stuff. So it was great. Yeah, well, yeah, you totally slayed that. And then they built this whole arc uh, of Jocelyn dealing with Oscar's cancer and uh, ultimately, of course, his death. But first they had to fall in love. Um, what was that like for you to have to like play romantic scenes in front of crew members who'd known you since you were 12? I mean, it was, it was weird. Like for like, I think like probably the very first time, like we like had to like kiss or something like that, but it wasn't. And then it, go, and then it was fine. Like, it was kind of like just that like one stab and then you're done and then you're like comfortable from there on out. So I, I remember it kind of being like that. Like, I remember being like, oh, like, this is kind of weird, but like, you know, it's not too bad, I guess. And then I, like, it happened and I was like, oh, we're fine. <laughs> um, because, you know, it was all fake and it was all like, whatever. So it ultimately ended up being okay. And again, all that was important to me was that it read natural and it read how it should so that the writers were happy and we were able to tell a good story. Um, Cause that's the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. um, now, speaking of Oscar and his death from cancer this past year, you earned your second daytime Emmy nomination for that major storyline. Um, what are your standout memories of playing that storyline out? My standout memories, probably, I was able to get a lot closer with actors that maybe I wouldn't have gotten closer with if that opportunity hadn't presented itself. Like working with Tamara on some really like dark things were um, really special. And even like Billy Miller, you know, I hadn't really worked with him before. Wally, Leslie, you know, like being in the middle of that storyline that like, connected so many storylines was probably like my favorite part just because you know I got to learn from so many other actors because you know I kind of stay in like this pack of like as does everybody like revolt with the storylines and how they revolve like you know for years it had been me Carly Ingo Sunny Chad the kids then came along like whatever so it was really cool to be able to branch out and like do really like important emotional like work with a ton of substance um with like these incredibly intelligent talented people 
Um, so that was probably like my standout from it all. And then obviously like my other favorite part was how, how many people it was able to touch and affect and, you know, make feel, make them feel something, whether it was, you know, less alone or really sad. Like I hate to say like making, I don't ever want to make somebody sad, but you know, you just want to make people feel something like you don't want to be like, that's why when people like ask me who I would want to play, like if it, if I wasn't myself, it would be Nell because first of all, she's crazy. So it's fun. But second of all, like people love to hate her. Like she's so hated and like same with Ava, like those are the characters you want. Like you want people to either really love you or really hate you. And like anywhere in between, like where they're like, eh, is like the no zone. So when people were really affected by something that, you know, I had a lot of obligation to and was really feeling a lot of pressure in a good way uh, and responsibility for something like so huge that it like that it seemed so big to me um n having the feedback be really respected and and really good was like so like validating and and like moving we just saw another heartbreaking death play out on the show with the recent passing of mike and you played like such a lovely and big part uh in mike's final days what was it like to work with the incredible Max Gale. Oh, it was so heart-wrenching. Like all of those scenes like were so hard to do because it I was like saying goodbye. Like I, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was this weird like parallel like of like life imitates art. And like, I know I'll see him again at like some point, but it's just like my last like real like time working with him. And I'm just so incredibly grateful that I got to work with him and meet him. And he just gets me like nobody else like has, like just hits some place in my heart that's like, <gasps> I can't take it as I think is a very common theme with this man. It was really sad and it was really sad scenes and it was, the writers made it easy because you know, their words were so beautiful and. I, I mean, I had a lot of fun in that last episode. I got to like get married and, you know, be pregnant and graduate and like all of these milestones. So that was really fun for me and weird. It was really weird, but it was fun. And Max was like bonus points. There's my mom. <laughs> it's like bonus points. Um, he's just incredible. And I'm so proud of him and Mo's story. And, you know, I hope they win everything. Um, now you mentioned the character of Nell. I know you and Chloe Lanier are tight in real life. So was it fun to get to have a rival and even some fight scenes with her? Yeah, that was, that's definitely like my top five, probably like favorite episodes I've done. She's just, she's a badass. I love her. She's fantastic. Um, the fight scenes were so fun to film and I'm like so happy we got to do that. Um, you know, we had the choreographer and, you know, we were all padded up and it was like very like real, like they, they took it very like seriously and it was like fully choreographed. Like it wasn't, I was expecting like, I, I heard a rumor about it and like about like some like cat fight between us and I was like, oh, like someone's probably going to get slapped and like that's about it. But like we had to like actually like get into it, um, which I'm glad we did. It was, it was really fun. But I remember like that was the last, that was the last thing we shot that day because you know we shoot out of order sometimes so that was the last and that was her last episode for a while until she came back and i didn't know she was back so we like shot like just fighting each other 
And then it ended and I just remember like I just started crying because I was just so sad that it was like our last like day together. But we totally keep in touch and you know, she's doing awesome and I've, I've seen her a bunch since, so it's all good. Now the teen scene on General Hospital is really so incredible right now. It's you, William Lipton, Sydney Michaela. Um, tell me about uh, the relationship that you've developed with the two of them as uh, the characters have become so tight on screen. Yeah, no, they're awesome. Having group scenes with all the kids is so much fun. It's it's getting even better right now because, you know, we're all realizing feelings and, you know, like having normal, like, teenage um, thoughts and, like, actions. So having all of that play out has been really great because you're really getting to see, like, emotions and sides of these characters that you haven't before. Um, William is awesome. He is such a goof and like we're, we're such we're so close and we're such good friends um and he's so well spoken and and has the best manners and so polite and he's just a total doll and so is sydney she came in and just totally upped everybody's game and i'm so lucky to work with her and i love our dynamic on screen i love our dynamic outside of screen she's so brilliant um, so, you know, I feel very, very lucky. And when you put all of us together, you know, you get really fun stuff to like play around with. So I'm, I'm just hoping for more of that. You know, there's some really good stuff coming up. We're like getting more and more into like drama with the teens right now. Um, so I'm just waiting for Twitter to lose their minds. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I love it. Like I love having like the ships between like this person and this person and like having like teams and rivalries and you know it's all fun so you know anything we could do to keep the audience happy and like entertained i'm very much down for uh, now more recently the character of dev has entered into this storyline and um is it true that you knew ashton before the show yeah i've known him for a long time yeah a very long time so that was really interesting <laughs> to have him come into this aspect of my life <laughs> well uh the homecoming dance is upon us on the show and where things stand is that trina seems to be into cameron cameron's like a little torn between trina and joss Dev told Joss that Cameron's into her. Josh doesn't know, uh, Joss doesn't know rather that Dev is into her and Josh knows about the Cameron and Trina kiss. So what is your take on where Jocelyn's heart lies? I mean, I, it's, I think it's gonna become a lot more clear for people very soon, but I think it's fun not knowing because I think that's the truth. Like, I think it's fun like it's fun for me to not really know where it's going because that's just more to play, you know? And like when you're however old we're playing and like you have this friend group that's just such a bizarre friend group because like everyone's kissed everyone, like literally. <laughs> but, so it's like, it's like you don't really know what's happening and what feelings still exist and don't. But I think that's, that's so entertaining and it's so real and it's so like stereotypical, like teenage, like fun. So we're going to have to see. I, I mean, I'm hoping to see like some sides of Jocelyn and emotions that she hasn't played before. That's what I'm always hoping for. Hoping, hoping to like have different interactions and, you know, n just grow the character and, and grow 
like her her uh, relationships with these with these people. Um, but I, I wish I could like give more away. But it, it's it's happening so quick. It it'll all happen so fast that I, I don't feel too bad making. We will be tuning in. Um, yes. Now we know you're committed to USC for volleyball, which is incredible and a huge deal. So congratulations. Oh, thank um, you. Do you feel like you want to do college and GH simultaneously? Have you made a decision about that? Yeah, I I, I think I'm gonna do simultaneously. You know, I've been there. I've been there. Uh, since I was 12 and you know it's been a, a great experience overall and you know I I want to continue that and you know you never know what could happen but you know I I love my job and I love those people and I want to stay so so that's where I'm at with it all we're happy we like that answer um, well before we let you go you have been you know back in production at GH for a good number of weeks now I mean how excited were you and how excited are you to get back and now to be back on set oh I'm so happy I needed something to do I missed my my co-workers and friends so much um so I'm I'm so incredibly grateful and like privileged to go back to work because I know so many people can't um and I and I have such a good time like doing it so I just totally scored and it's been a team effort for sure and it's been a little weird with like new policies and stuff but I will do anything to stay at the studio so I'm very happy and very lucky mm -hmm. Uh, now you are still so young, but when you do think about your life post-college, do you see yourself continuing to pursue acting as a profession or do you want to try something different? No, I, <laughs> I, I have made the decision that that is what I would like to do with my life. Um, unless something drastically changes, I, um, I am planning on sticking to that plan. It's just what I love to do. It's what I've always loved to do in any aspect. Um, so, you know, yeah, pretty much that's, that's the plan. Well, we certainly look forward to continuing with you on your acting journey and your professional journey. And we are so happy you were able to chat with us today. It was so much fun getting to know you better. I, I loved it. Thank you for clearing my brain of math and English <laughs> right now. This was a great break <laughs> to have. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. Have a terrific day. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Eden McCoy for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>